guards uh, conspire against the king. Now we have to understand that uh, the, the how nowadays how things work is that the government in power is chose by the people of the country, right? Like in America, how it works, everyone votes for who they want them to rule over them. And when the leading, uh, let's say the leading party lost, well, they have to give up voluntarily their place, step down and give place to the new uh, party or representant or whatever. You know, in Canada is the same thing. The prime minister probably has his team, well, but let's say somehow Justin Trudeau is not uh, the next uh, prime minister where the new one is gonna come. So Justin Trudeau has to step down and give place to the new one, right? That's how it works. We love democracy, right? In the past, <laughs> it was not that way. The reason why is that the king was the one that ruled over them and the, and the power or, or the authority uh, over the nation was given to his uh, next born. Let's say he was the first, but maybe the first died. So he was the second, maybe the second was not there. So he was the third and so on, it kept going. So the authority or the power over the nation was always kept uh, in the lineage of the king. So a lineage was always born. And what happened is that many people in, that, in those days, the only way to remove that lineage was to really take out that family out of the throne by force. So these two guard keepers, uh, uh, gatekeepers, sorry, they they understood this and they conspired against the king. Probably they wanted someone else to reign over them. Probably they wanted to take the power for them. They wanted to take the throne. I don't know. But the thing is that Mordecai heard about this and he was like, okay, no, no, I can, I cannot just listen to this and just stay uh, quiet. I have to make this known to the king, but there is an issue. I'm not something special. And if I go before the king, if I, I even uh, without an invitation, that's it is again the law, and I'm gonna die. Now, also, if I tell someone else, like not not those two guards, but I tell someone else in the kingdom, probably at some point that uh, the the fact that I, I I reveal their secret or this conspiracy is gonna probably go go back to the guards, and the guards are gonna just try to find me and kill me. See, so it was like. What he was trying to do something righteous, but doing that uh, involved some risk on it. So he was like, okay, no, no, I have to find a way how to make sure that I tell this to someone that I trust and that person can go into before the king's presence and tell him. So he called Esther and he told Esther, listen, Esther, there's two people that are conspiring against the king. You, you make sure that you let this thing know before him. So Esther went, she was like, King, there is someone that wants to kill you. And they were like, oh, we found out who they were. And that's why they were killed because that's how the time, uh, that's how it worked in, those, in, in that time. Oh, you found out that these people wanted to take the authority out of the throne. Well, you're going to die. That's it. The king said it. You're basically, you're dead. And after these things in the chapter three, it says that uh, the king promoted Haman, the son of uh, Hamadetha, the uh, Agat, Agagite, something like that. Yeah, okay, Agagite, okay, thank you. And advanced him and set his seat above all the princes that were with him. Uh, I'm just going to keep reading. And all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and reverenced Haman, for the king had so commanded concerning him. But Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence. reverence. The king's servant, which, uh, which were in the king's gate, said unto Mordecai, Why transgressest thou 
the king's commandment. Now it came to pass when they spake daily unto him, and he hearkened uh, not unto them that they told Haman to see whether Mordecai's mother will stand, for he had told them that he was a Jew. And when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did him rever reverence, uh, then was Haman full of wrath. And he thought a scorn to lay hands uh, on Mordecai alone, for they had for they had showed him the people of Mordecai, wherefore Haman sought to destroy all the Jews that were throughout the whole kingdom of Asaherus, Ahasuerus, sorry, even the people of Mordecai. So then again, we see Mordecai doing something else in, this, in the book of Esther. Now it's funny, because Haman is the second uh, most powerful person in the kingdom, and when he's walking by, you know how people react like, oh, he's the king, I have to bow down, you know, show respect if I want to keep my head on top of my shoulders, you know, and just make sure that I bow down. So, yeah, so did, everyone was doing that, but, Haman, uh, but Mordecai stood, stood, he stand out, and that made him stand out of the crowd. That's kind of funny, but Haman was like, um, what is this guy doing? Like, don't, don't he see I'm the second uh, most powerful guy in this country? And, and, and Mordecai was like, no, I'm not going to bow down to you. And the reason why is that first to understand is that we have to understand the mindset of the Jews at that time. Kings were considered to be like gods with a lowercase g, okay? Just to make sure that everyone gets that. They're considered to be as God or as people like divine and stuff like that. So for Mordecai to bow, to bow his knee down uh, to Haman, was kind of like a, a, a idolatry for their for them in that uh, in that time. So um, uh, Mordecai was like, no, you know what? I'm not gonna do what the other people do. Probably he could have thought, uh, I'm just gonna bow down my knee, but in my heart, I'm standing for God. You know, I am truly to my to my beliefs. Uh, I I truly love my values, so I'm just gonna blend in with the people. I'm just gonna do what others people do, but in my heart. I will not. Uh, I will not do it. Now the thing is that he chose to not do it, and now we see two things of Mordecai. First of all, he did something that was righteous by doing what was right. Right, that's kind of obvious. But he also did the righteous thing by not doing anything that other people did, or by not doing the thing that other people do. So here we see Mordecai in action, and then we see it not doing anything. He chose to not bow down, but he also chose to tell Esther about the conspiracy against the king. So it's kind of interesting how righteousness in God is not uh, about always doing something. Sometimes you have to stay still or just choose to not follow the crowd uh, to do the righteous thing. Sometimes for you doing the righteous thing is doing as Mordecai, probably you heard that somebody is trying to kill someone, probably you're not related to that person, anything, and you don't know what they have done. But you know, killing, as we all know, is a sin. I mean, if you can save the, the life of someone, well, you could do it. But I know it involves risk and all the stuff, but there's right ways how to do it. You inform the police, and the police will take care of that. You know, yes, there is a risk of you like probably being chased because they will say you snitch on them, stuff like that, like, bro, I thought it was a secret, but anyways, you have to do the right things. But in this lesson, doing the right thing sometimes means that you have to follow a certain procedure, 
because let me tell you something, when you try to do the right thing and you end up doing it, but you did it the wrong way, doesn't matter if you thought it was the right thing to do, it's still wrong. You can do the wrong thing the right way and it's still wrong. The only way you can do the right thing in a righteous way is by doing the right thing in the right way. I'm gonna give you an example. Probably you're gonna arrive late to work and you know that arriving early to work or on time to work is right, right? Okay, not necessarily. Well, if you arrive late three times, you're always gonna get cut out um, experience. So, <laughs> so, so, now you are running late to work, okay? And you don't want to arrive late to work because you know you're gonna get called out or probably your job is gonna end there. Like they're gonna fire you if they realize that you're gonna arrive late again. So your work is 30 minutes away and there is 20 minutes left on the clock before you can get in. Like let's say you start at eight o'clock, your job is at 30 minutes, you have 20 minutes to get to your work. Now you get in your car, you're like, I'm not gonna arrive late but on the road you speed up you speed up like it's a 50 uh zone but you go to 90. you saw the yellow light like kilometers away but you still choose to like just pass it even though it already turned red and you had time to break you chose to just like fly by it, you know at 90 uh kilometers per hour and then at the end you reach work at the right time you know you cut out like five minutes you arrive there like at 7.55 and you're like, yes, I did the right thing. I arrived to work early without knowing that the way you did it was the wrong one. And that's wrong. See, this is just an example. You speed up, probably, I probably gave like an exaggerated number, but probably you went 40 kilometers over the limit on most of the roads. And so by, uh, by law, that thing is wrong when you uh, speed up and you don't respect uh, the speed limit, you did the right thing on arriving early to work or at the right time, but you did it the wrong way. Probably you had an exam, you didn't study for it, and you know that getting marks or passing the exam is good for yourself and is the right thing for you to show to your parents like, hey, I passed my exam, I did what I did. But little they know that you cheated on that exam because you didn't study for it. You did the right thing, but you cheated, which the result is the wrong thing. So this is just an example that I can give you. So God wants us to, 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 first of all, examine ourselves on how we do things that we think that we, we think like, oh, I'm doing this in the right way. But probably you are doing the right thing, but you're doing it the wrong way. You're doing it the way you should not do it. Now, why God wants us to do, like Mordecai, for example. Mordecai, he was like, taking an example, he was like, I know about this conspiracy, but again, I cannot just present myself into the king and say, hey, somebody's trying to conspire against you because the moment I just present myself, I'm going to get killed. Probably I was trying to do the right thing, but I was doing it the wrong way. I was presenting myself before the king without any invitation, without me being anyone special in the kingdom. So I must make sure that I, that, I did, that I do the right thing. That's why he called Esther, the queen at that time. He said, you know what? Uh, let me just ask Esther. She's going to do the right thing. She's going to make sure that, uh, that the message is being passed on. Uh, also, 
as I said, when Mordecai chose to not bow down before the king was the right thing to do, even though the majority was doing it. Now, many times in our world, we're going to see that uh, sin is, is like being more accepted and accepted. People start to think, well, it's actually killing a bad thing. You know, if this, kill, if this person took the life of someone, then I think by law, we have all the right to take his life just to like uh, punish that crime that he did. Right? Many people thought that way in the past. In the United States, uh, some states had the uh, penalty of death. Right? And probably they still do it. I don't know. I haven't checked the news on that. But a few years ago, they were like, uh, there was a huge debate on of penalty of death. People say, no, like under the law, we are allowed to kill if that person killed. But we know as people of God that killing is a sinful thing. Why? The only one who can take and give life is God. He makes sure that that was said from the beginning in, the, in his words. So now today we come, uh, if bring this further, we go with babies. Oh, it's a, is it okay to kill a baby even though it hasn't been born again? And they try to go this philosophic, uh, philosophic thug like, uh, well, if they're not born here, if they're a fetus, you know, they're not really a human being. Oh, they don't have conscience, they don't have uh, feelings, or they don't know what's outside, so they're not really a human, they're just a fetus. And you're like, what does that mean? Like, what, what, why are you trying? Like, they're trying to find a way how to make the sin be accepted. And sadly, many of the laws that we see today in our government are still sinful in the word of God. Many laws are being accepted as like, yeah, no, just, just do this. Before it was wrong, but now it's okay. Before it was uh, uh, still wrong, but now it's okay and stuff like that. They keep doing that. But the word of God is the same uh, since the beginning of time. He makes sure that his word was not uh, unchangeable. And whatever is seen in the past is still seen now for God. Because God is the same today, yesterday. And forever amen so so uh what what is my point with this mordecai knew that for him it was a sinful thing to bow down and just like merge or blend in with the crowd and that helps me to understand that today even though many people in the road like this is just another example it's a simple example probably many people in the road they're spending 20 minutes and not 20 minutes 20 kilometers over the speed limit just because the police is not there. And every most of people do it. They just speed up. They're just like, I want to go fast. I'm just going to reach home early. But I am like, wait, the speed limit is 50. You know, maximum I can just go like 55, 60. Someone is like right on my uh, on my back. Because, you know, see people that try to like make you go faster by getting close to you. And you're like, feel guilty because you're going like at the speed limit. But I found out that while driving, uh, this is just because I'm new, that many times I let myself to be influenced by what other people do. I realized that many times I try to blend in with other people because I'm being pressed or being, I'm being, yeah, pressed or being pushed to do something that I know is not right for me. I know that going over the speed limit, like people say, like, you can go 10 and that's okay. The police will not give you any problem but as soon as you go like 11 12 20 40 30 they're gonna give you a ticket and depending on how much you 
fast on the, the, the how much is they're gonna charge you. So I was like, but everyone keeps doing the same thing. Everyone keeps speeding. Everyone keeps like, you know, uh, they see a red light, but they just go like, go run right away. Like if there's no police, I'm just gonna go. They have, there's a lot of memes about <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's me. Uh, but, but, but it's funny, but the thing is that those are simple, exa uh, simple examples that I can give, but I'm pretty sure that many things in our lives, we have let other people or their world itself influence uh how we live our life we have let a lot of stuff get in our life without uh, uh, looking at it the right way without examining it first and see that oh i should not be hearing this i should not be watching this i should not be doing this with this kind of people i should not be gathering with this kind of groups so that's what i'm telling you sometimes we are being pressured we are we like to like probably merge or blend with the world and sometimes people look at us from a, a way and they're like, oh, you're just like one of us because you do the same thing as us. But when they see a church, they're like, oh, you, you're now a Christian. But I thought you were like, I thought you didn't have any beliefs. I thought you were like, you know, like the same image I'm, I showed you, you, the last one, like from one side looks four, from the other side looks three. So when people look at you, when you're living in a life where you're blending with the world, you're not doing the righteous thing before God, when they look at you in a certain angle, they, they look at you like you're the same as us. But when you, they see a church, they're like, oh, now I see in a different way. But they know the true self that you are. They know that you're just like one of them. So this series of lessons or this lesson today is being authentic, righteous, being righteous. What does it mean be righteous? Well, you do the things that God wants you to do in the way he wants you to do them. And it's kind of funny. It's easy to say, but let me tell you, it's really hard to apply. Because I'm just going to give another example. How many of you, let's be honest, how many of you students have tried to cheat in an exam? Okay, I see. <laughs> okay, I see some honesty in the house. Amen, that's good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god how many of you have lied to your parents just to get out with something okay to your parents yeah oh, oh. <laughs> what it which lie just kidding. just kidding. i'm not gonna expose you <laughs> tell me tell <laughs> you know and it's funny because every one of us has done it before and everyone's says, well, everyone lies to their parents. Why could not know, you know, and stuff like that. But God is like, no, honor your father and your mother. Honor them, which also may be honest with them. Honoring your father is uh, applying the values they have done. Many times we try to make, to make look like, oh, my father told me to, you know, read the word. And when he comes by, I'm just like, just like making sure that I'm like, kind of like reading, oh, I'm reading Judges 16, verse 30. Stuff like that do you understand what you read um, i'm trying to get it but you're actually in your heart you're not doing the right thing you could you could be like sharing generous uh, generosity to other people but in your heart your intention is just to be admired to be recognized by your people you know you see a lot of people like oh i'm gonna give ten thousand to these ten poor people and you show them in the worst way possible and then you see yourself like oh i'm the savior i'm just gonna give thousands to these people you know 
and then you get recognized on internet and stuff like that. Probably they did the right thing, but this was not the right way. God wants us to be generous without anyone recognizing us. If someone does, to God be the glory. But if nobody does, I don't need to be sharing with everyone, oh, I just gave 10,000 to the poor. No, no. God wants you to do the things, the right things, the right way. Yeah, you can help the poor. That's good. That's the right thing to do. But many people, <laughs> they like to do it the wrong way. I don't know, probably from where they got that money from. I'm going to give you an example. And this is the best example I can give you just to give you like an example, like really good one. Uh, who here knows Pablo Escobar? <laughs> Pablo Escobar. Oh, yeah, okay. Ah, uh, yeah, Josh, Okay, Josh knows it. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna give you a quick resume of his life. He is a Colombian drug dealer, really famous back in the days, because he pretty much, well, he sent, yeah, he rich man, he got lots of money. He didn't even count it. Legend says that he didn't even count his money. He just used to wait it. Anyways, the story is that this person, as a drug dealer, well, you know, he deals drugs. He sent drugs to the United States or only other countries illegally, you know, uh, 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 buying people, buying stuff, and just like, you know, selling drugs to the people, to the United States, and people bought it, and it was really expensive to buy in those days. So that's how he got rich, doing things uh, like uh, against the law, and especially against the law of two countries. Now, from my perspective, perspective i'm like every time i say i'm colombian people in my school were like oh pablo escobar you know he's a legend stuff like that and people say he used to help the poor and stuff like that i'm like yeah i know that but do you know where he's coming I mean, his, his money came from do you know what he did they're like yeah he he sell drugs and all this stuff yeah like yeah he was doing the things against the law and then he used that money to make it seems that he was helping the poor probably he had a good intention on helping the poor or the people like that were in his uh, community or in the city he were like you can see in colombia in the place where he used to live people say like bro i love that guy even though he was a drug dealer because he bought me a house he helped me to get out of poverty and all this stuff probably he was doing the right thing which is was helping the poor but the way he was doing it was not the right way you can look him as a hero you can look him as someone that was generous but the way or the things he was doing against the law to get that money was not the way that God intended for us or not intended for anyone to help the poor to do, you know? I don't know if I explain my point, but yes. Exactly, thank you. Exactly. I gave, <laughs> gave. yes, yeah, true, like, true and actually that's that's kind of important because what he mentions because drug when people get into addiction it takes away their life and it's funny he was giving life to the poor in his country to by taking someone else's life in another country see so that's kind of the and so if you want to help the poor do it the right way if you have a job <laughs> and you know it's legal <laughs> and you're doing the right thing, you're paying your taxes, and you have money extra, and you want to help someone poor, make sure, be generous, present that before God, have the right intention, and don't try to get recognized, don't try to get uh, admired by other people, just do it 
and share the love of God. Do it the right way. Do it how God intends. And there are many stuff that I would like to share, but like my time is running short. And I, I we, um, just to let you know, I, we have to leave early. So I want you guys just to stand up first. And I want you guys to examine your heart. Examine what are the things that you, in your heart, you're like, oh yeah, this is the right thing to do. But am I doing it the right way? I want you guys to think on that. Because many times we're like, oh yeah, entertainment is good. You know, probably you have already read your Bible, you already pray, you already all of that. And entertainment is good. It helps you to relax your brain. But there is a good way how to entertain yourself. Make sure what you're watching or what you listen to, it's edifying and it's not destructive or it's not making you become less and less Christian. Now, as I say that, I have to examine myself too. I have to like check my social media. I have to check uh, YouTube. I have to check uh, internet. I have to check everything. I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on a sec. I have to like filter everything and make sure that everything I'm watching to entertain myself is good for me and it's not against the will of God. Amen. So I want you guys to leave. I want to leave you guys with that. Sorry, my English is like getting twisted, but we are going to pray. You're going to pray and we are going to ask God to help us to examine our hearts. Many times, we, as I said before, we let stuff get in, in our lives and we don't realize that that thing is unrighteous or that thing is bad for us. And this is something real for me. Sometimes we, we kind of like lose that sensitivity and then we just let stuff get in because we're not in touch with God uh, in, in the right way, man. So let, let us just pray for that and then we're going to... Uh, and at the same time, we're just going to pray to dismiss uh, this uh, night. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your word. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this time of fellowship. I thank you, Lord God, for every person that is here, Lord God. Thank you for the youth. Thank you, Lord God, for the adults that are here in this place. Thank you, Lord God, because you are always willing, Lord God, to teach us, to instruct us, and to defy us, for us to grow spiritually, but also as a church, to be a strong group. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God, because... By your spirit, we can understand your word. And by your spirit, we are able to understand what is your will for us in our lives. How to be righteous. How to do the right things the right way, oh Lord God. How to make sure that our heart is in the in the, in the the right condition with you, Lord God. And probably there's stuff in my heart, or I, I know there's stuff in my heart that I need to change. There's stuff in my heart that I need to take out, oh Lord God, because it is not the right thing for me, oh Lord God. Many have try to do the right things, but I'm not doing it the way you want me to do it, Lord God. Maybe I'm not following your will. Yes, it is good for someone here to find a job. Probably it's good here, Lord God, for someone to find something to do in their life. But if it's not according to your will or it's not the way you want them to do it, then help us to examine that thing, Lord God. Help us to find that thing that we are not doing the way you want it, Lord God. Help us to be righteous. Help us to apply the word, Lord God. It's easy for us to say it. It's easy for us to just learn it. But the hard part comes when we try to apply it to our daily life. Because many times when we try to give away that thing that you're asking us to give away, it's hard for us because it already has a place in our hearts or in our lives. So help us, Lord God, to examine ourselves and to give those things away hallelujah i pray for them everyone here or god in the in their way back home or god i may protect them i may keep them and, and you may bring them back in the next time we meet in the name of jesus i pray amen amen praise god uh greet one another god bless you it was nice to have you here